First of all, I would like to welcome you all in our Bible discussion for today. And today we will discuss one of the most controversial yet important subject in the Bible, and that is water baptism. What is the general concept of baptism? In uh, Christianity, baptism from Greek baptizo is the ritual washing with water and invariably indicating membership in a central church organization. Question. What is the biblical support for this ritual? This is what we read in Matthew chapter 3 from verse 1 to verse 3. And I quote, John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Question. Being a former preacher, when I baptized the people, I told them to repent of all their sins, like adultery, false witness, stealing, and many more. But now that I know God is speaking in parable, how could baptism make straight the path of our Lord? My friend, you were a preacher then and I was a bishop of a popular sect, but now like you, have realized the great message of in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, and I quote, Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. What we were doing at the time was just following the letter of the Word, and we missed the real message of baptism, as it is clarified in the following in chapter 4 verse 18 of second corinthians i quote while we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal then what really is the spiritual significance of baptism when the purpose is repentance john the baptist said in matthew chapter 3 verse 11 I baptize you with water unto repentance. My friend, the key word for baptism must be to make straight the way of our Lord Jesus. Long ago, this was prophesied in the book of Isaiah. I will quote that in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And also in verse 4, Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crook shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. Question. How then did John the Baptist baptize the people? He baptized the people by immersing them in water, since this is what we read in John chapter 3 verse 23. And I quote, And John was baptizing in Anon near to Salim, because there was much water there, and there came and were baptized. To the natural man, how could baptism with ordinary water accomplish its real purpose? In Matthew chapter 3 verse 3, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And in the book of Isaiah in chapter 40 verse 4, 
I quote, Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. This is where God's divine revelations from His words that we have to wait. Question and comment. I feel with baptism, making the way straight refers to Jesus' ministry as Son of God made easier to accomplish. My friend, you have a point there. Now with humility, I'm sure Jesus in His role as the Father in the flesh will reveal everything we may want to know about baptism. Let us start with water. What does water symbolize in baptism? Since water has several references. Now I can see very clearly this preference for water to answer our question. Water symbolizing the letter or literal word of God in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 26. And I quote that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Question. What does it mean by every valley shall be exalted? A valley refers to an elongated lowland between ranges of mountains. I believe this refers to the word of God that is being overlooked, ignored, and disregarded by professing apostles. Like first, God's word are expressed in parables. According to Psalm 78 verse 2, Ezekiel chapter 20 verse 49. And Mark succinctly wrote in Mark chapter 4, succinctly wrote in Mark chapter 4 verse 34. And I quote, But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. But people ignore this truth and insist on taking the letter or literal meaning of the word of God and take upon themselves the interpretation thereof. Now, second, the first of the Ten Commandments is presumed to have been followed or obeyed. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 2, I quote, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And also in verse 3, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now, why do many people not realize that this first commandment actually is an introduction of God? of himself. They presume to have followed this commandment and yet professing at the same time God is a mystery incapable of clear identification. Now third, do not people ignore that identifying Jesus Christ requires the revelation of the Father? This is clearly demonstrated in the following. In Matthew chapter 16 verse 15, I quote, He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And then in verse 16, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then in verse 17, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now, how many theologians, Bible scholars, and preachers clearly see the two distinct roles of Jesus Christ? Clearly, this is the spiritual valley that needs to be leveled in order to be in line with the truth. By way of review, will you please cite these two roles of Jesus Christ? 
To you, my friend, as a preacher professing to be an apostle of Christ and of a bishop of a popular sect, we have never known these two distinct roles of our Lord. First and principal role, Jesus as the Christ, He is actually the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now a human being, He is ready to fulfill His testament of salvation with His death on the cross. It is in this role that our Lord deserves worship, being the Creator and Savior. And second, and lesser role, Jesus as the eldest Son of God serves only as a model to the chosen in humility. That is why we read on His own, He can do nothing of Himself, and He only follows the will of the Father. In this role, therefore, He does not deserve worship that we used to do. The foregoing is just a simple illustration how the valley or things in the world that many people have overlooked ignored and completely disregarded. But by accepting everything or being immersed in the written words of the Bible, we can see and now accept this truth about our Lord. Question. Now, how does God reveal every mountain and hill shall be made low with baptism? A mountain or hill is a large mass of ground rising above the common level of adjacent land. Spiritually, therefore, this refers to the doctrines from the Bible, but only the fruit of human wisdom. Let us remember the forbidden tree of knowledge of good and evil that symbolizes the soul. It is the soul whose attributes are the intellect and feeling that in the eyes of God is human wisdom. If human wisdom is the spiritual mountain and hill, can you give an example of doctrines that need to be flattened or knocked down? Well, it is clearly written in the Old Testament that God commissioned Solomon to build him a temple. When it was finished, God was fully satisfied, saying in 1 Kings 9, verse 3, I will quote, And the Lord said unto him, I have hallowed this house which thou hast built to put my name there forever, and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. But look what human wisdom does to the word of God. By taking the letter of the word, the Jews made a temple mimicking or imitating the temple of Solomon. Was God happy with the temple built by the Jews? Look, what God did to Saul of Tarsus who was a Pharisee and studied the word of God under Gamaliel, after recognizing Jesus Christ, the God he did not know, and now called him Paul. This is the great revelation regarding the temple built by Solomon as written by Paul in Acts 7.47 up to 48. I will quote, But Solomon built him a house, howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. And then in verse 49, Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, saith the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Have not theologians and Bible scholars read this truth about the temple? My plan, I suppose, 
you as a preacher and I, a bishop of a popular sect, now feel how deceived we were. In the beginning, I was conducting religious services in the chapel, gradually elevating my stature and had in the churches. And then before I recognized the true Christ, I was looked up by the laity, my flock in a cathedral. How abominable in the eyes of God was when the laity I called my flock addressed me high-sounding titles. You are not alone with this feeling of dire remorse. Now the real message of the following is actually a sharp rebuke of our Lord to us. In Matthew 23 verse 8, But be, ye, uh, be not ye called rabbi, that means teacher or pastor, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And also in verse 9, And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. And even more disgusting is the appropriation of the following titles that solely belong to God. In Psalms 111 verse 9, and I quote, He sent redemption unto his people. He hath commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend is his name. Can religious leaders understand the, and accept that these are the mountains and hills that need to be leveled? Because of spiritual blindness, before identifying Jesus Christ, I was addressed pastor or leader. Now that I found the truth, I feel guiltier than the two robbers on the right and left of Jesus on the cross. Yes, my friend, I feel guiltier than you are, for my so-called flock honored me more, for I have under me several pastors and preachers as well. Now I suppose you will agree with me that we were then more culpable than the two thieves on the right and left of Jesus Christ. Yes, the two thieves only robbed people of material things, while we it was God whom we robbed of his honor and glory. How foolish we were in the eyes of God pretending to be closer to him, when in truth we were his enemies. We didn't know. We were bringing souls with us to eternal damnation. This was a rebuke to us, and only now do we know and accept. In Proverbs 14, verse 12, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. From this great revelation of God, baptism or immersion in the Word would really flatten the spiritual mountains and hills. And so, we can now give more examples of human wisdom that God needs to be removed or flattened. Yes, with this truth, only the Holy Spirit is the teacher. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, I quote, But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. And this is a challenge to all professing apostles of Christ. Now listen to me. If you are listening to me and you are a pastor of different sects, now listen to this message. In James chapter 1 verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. 
and in verse 6, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven, driven with the wind and toast. And in verse 7, For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Then, very clear, seminaries and Bible schools are glaringly spiritual mountains and hills that need to be leveled up with baptism. We both accept this truth and God proves it that now He reveals great spiritual message from His words. Because of spiritual blindness then, we, just, we justified our honorific titles from the following verse. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, And He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. My friend, before we did not see this to indicate functions, and so we took the titles to gain honor, unwittingly sharing with God that exclusively belongs to Him. Paul who said in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Nowhere in the Bible can we read Paul or any of the apostles being addressed pastor or any of the honorific titles that religious leaders are enjoying today. I am now obsessed for spiritual mountains and hills to be made low, which in the beginning, Lucifer set the example. Now, I want God's revelation regarding the crooked way shall be made straight. Again, because of spiritual blindness, God's directive on tithes and offering is directed to the opposite direction. Instead of tithes and offering, used by God to establish His eternal kingdom, unknowingly religious leaders lead people to eternal damnation. Question. Why? How does God want tithes and offering an important instrument in establishing His eternal kingdom? Uh, we better read this in the book of Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse 22, and I quote, Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed, that the field bringeth forth year by year. And in verse 23, And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God, in the place which he shall choose to place his name there, the tithe of thy corn, and thy wine, and of thine oil, and the firstlings of thy herds, and of thy flocks, that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. But what authority do religious leaders convert corn, wine, oil, firstlings of the herd into money when God directs the offeror to eat what is being offered in the place designated by God? I have to emphasize, Thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose. Is it not human wisdom that God hates doing this? Then, if this offering of corn, wine, oil, and firstling cannot be converted to money, what do this represent in order to follow this important directive of God? My friend, as God revealed to us, He alone can reveal His intended message for the things constituting tithes and offering. Do you mean God 
will give its intended meaning for corn, for wine, for oil, for firstling? Since this topic of tithes and offering is too important to simply include it in our current discussion, we invite listeners to read and listen that is devoted solely to this particular subject. Then, let God give us an example what a crooked way shall be made straight. Since God is establishing His eternal kingdom, which is invisible now, and He is not after our body but our soul to inherit it, how many professing Christians do you think would accept the following truth regarding His word? In John chapter 6, verse 63, and I quote, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And also in 2 Corinthians 4.18, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Does this mean that God did not open the eyes of the man born blind? My friend, have you forgotten that God is speaking in parables in Mark 4.34, Psalm 78.2, and Ezekiel chapter 20.49? That God has specifically designated the qualification of His ministers of the New Testament in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. I quote, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit give life. Question. Can we not discuss now regarding this matter of the word that the flesh profiteth nothing from the word? As in the topic tithes and offering, we will just wait for God's intended message in another article. This topic of baptism is too important to dilute with other matters equally important in the eyes of our Lord. All right then. I will ask about the other significance of baptism. I suppose you are interested to know that before, while you and I were performing water baptism to our flock, we told them that, like Jesus in his baptism, the Spirit of God also descended upon them. Yes. What is the truth on this matter? You know, only after identifying the real Christ did I realize that the very disciples of John the Baptist testified on this, that they did not even know there is a Holy Ghost. This was when Paul encountered certain disciples of John the Baptist in Acts chapter 19 verse 2, and I quote, He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said unto them, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And then in verse 3, And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. In verse 4, Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. From this testimony of the disciples of John the Baptist, God reveals the importance of baptism. Baptism is just believe and accept 
written words of God in the Holy Bible. For then God has the basis of revealing His intended message therefrom. I want to emphasize this, that we have to be baptized with the letter of the word, or to believe and accept everything written in the Holy Bible. For rejecting some, God is not free to teach us or reveal His intended message. Foremost of this is Jesus Christ's true identity, for with this, the clear identification of God is unrivaled to our amazement. Then, highlighting therefore, one purpose of the baptism is making the rough places plain. My friend, if you are listening right now, I encourage you to humble yourself and receive this pure and undiluted word of God. If you do that, you are being baptized with water as the scripture says.